The year was 1951, and the United States was under the constant threat of war. The Cold War was silently raging. People made fear a part of their daily lives. That certainly doesn't seem familiar, does it? In an effort to protect the people, the U.S. commissioned PSAs to inform the public on what to do if the worst happened. This is one of my favorites, the Duck and Cover cartoon. turtle jumps quickly into his shell as the nearby blasts go off. Inside his little shell, it seems to protect him from the crashing debris and fallout. If only we all had little shells on our backs. The tone of the video is so matter-of-fact and calm, as though an atomic blast is like reporting the weather or teaching a child arithmetic. We all know the atomic bomb is very dangerous. Since it may be used against us, we must get ready for it just as we are ready for many other dangers that are around us all the time. Be like Bert. When there is a flash, duck and cover and do it fast. It's easy to talk about the bomb like that when it hasn't affected you. Somehow, I don't think in Japan, where more than 200,000 people died instantly from the bomb, that they were interested in little cartoon turtles ducking inside their shells for protection. How you feel about war has a lot to do with your perspective. Nowadays, most people in the U.S. don't experience war. We see talking heads in the news who give us updates from faraway places. It's someplace else, not here. Not in my backyard. So it's easy to talk about it so matter-of-factly. But for those who experienced it firsthand, the perspective is a little different. For them, the story is not forgotten. And for their sakes, perhaps we shouldn't forget the reality of war either. This episode is a story of war, and to understand it, and to understand John, we need to take a minute to see war from the perspective of someone firsthand. Lives may be lost, but they should never be forgotten. My name is Kyle Bullock, and this is Crashed in Roswell, Survivors in a Misunderstood City. Before we start the episode, I want to thank our sponsors, Spaceport Roswell, Spaceport Roswell is a brand new attraction arriving in Roswell the summer of 2020. It is completely original, fully immersive virtual reality experiences that will blow your mind. I got to test pilot their first original show, aptly named 1947, which is named after the year the UFO crashed in the Roswell desert, if you remember. It retells the story of the Roswell crash in an interstellar kind of way. You'll want to see what they have put together. It is awesome. So go to SpacePortRoswellNM.com to check them out and plan your visit as soon as possible. That's SpacePortRoswellNM.com. I also want to remind you that one of the major ways we are able to support this podcast is through our online Crashed in Roswell store. We have everything from t-shirts to accessories and a whole lot more. All original Crashed in Roswell gear and all supporting the wonderful people who have made this show possible. Go to CrashedInRoswell.com and click on Store to check out and support this podcast. Okay, now on to the episode. 
I'll admit that John's phone call to me, inviting me to the South Park Cemetery, was a little unnerving. It came out of nowhere and caught me off guard. Part of the nerves was because of John. Since I left things with him on shaky ground, I wasn't exactly sure how he felt or how he received my apology letter. I don't like unresolved conflict, so the suspense was killing me. The other part that made me nervous was the cemetery. I'm not particularly spooked out by them. It just isn't a place that I go that often or find myself strolling out on a fall afternoon. I had just been to a graveside there a few weeks prior, comforting a friend who lost her husband. Before that, the last time I was at South Park Cemetery was ten years prior, when I said goodbye to my grandmother, Dixon's wife, Pat. For me, this wasn't a leisurely stroll down memory lane. I called John back and accepted his invitation. He was curt and to the point on the phone. We settled on a time and date, and he hung up. I pulled up to the cemetery located on the far south side of town. South Park is a sprawling, large cemetery featuring a menagerie of headstones, monuments, and markers of all shapes and sizes. John had me going to the Veterans Memorial, located on the northern part of the grounds. John was outside the area, waiting for me patiently and sternly. Hey, John. I remember it was a brisk day. The sun was out and a breeze was moving steadily through the giant trees surrounding us. Nearby, there was a groundskeeper silently preparing a plot for a new arrival. Aside from him, the area was empty. Only the traffic from the nearby highway could be heard. We ambled into the Veterans Memorial. It's an area unto itself, clean and well-kept, with a large brick gazebo located right in the center, designed for shaded memorials. All around the gazebo, jutting out from the ground proudly, were monuments dedicated to the deceased veterans from Roswell. Walking up to it under the shadow of the great American flag above us, it was hard not to feel a swell of humility in the presence of these patriotic heroes. Well, you, uh, you said you wanted to know a little more of my story, and uh, some of it's right here. This is the, uh, the war memorial? Yeah, yeah. And uh, these are the names here on the wall of veterans. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know any of these people? Yeah. Served with some of them and uh, met, met some of the rest of them after I came yeah. back. Wow. You know, there's a whole lot of hell buried in these graves. I can imagine. I can imagine. It's a lot. It was around this point I asked John about the war, where he served and his experiences there. That's when he opened up. His face changed. It became gaunt and real. Even his voice changed, as though he was transported back to his haunting youth. I've got a lot of memories, a lot of memories that I would rather not have. You know, yeah. a lot of... I, I tell you what I remember the most, Kyle, is it, the sounds. The, just the way it sounded. I even even more than even more than what I saw. It was what I heard. It was the 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 sounds that well, you just never get out of your head. Sure. The, the explosions, the, the the mortar fire, all all of that. But but the worst worst 
sound was the sound of the the kids crying. I heard that way, way too many times. Kids losing their families, losing their moms and their dads. I, I don't know, it was just too much. Never really got over how how the country treated us when we got back from Nam. Mm. And um, so, you know, I just felt like uh, nobody really cared. Nobody, nobody understood. So I just kind of stayed back. What do you say to a story like that? It wasn't what I expected from John, but I understood a lot more about him. John wasn't a grouchy old man. He was an injured old man, beat up by the pain of living in a world that wasn't showing him an ounce of mercy. I can understand his apprehension to let someone hear that. Why he felt okay telling me was a bit of a mystery. I hated to think it was because I was the first person who was genuinely interested in his story. Hard to explain how it feels, I'm sure. Well, nobody understood that war. I guess nobody understands any war, but nobody really understood that war. And I think it was just hard for people to deal with. And it, Your wife is buried. Is she buried out here? Yeah. Is your wife's on with it? Yep. Right over there. Oh, yeah? You know, she, uh, she fought her own war. Cancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Took away too young. It's rough. Yeah. What was, what was different about your wife <laughs> than everybody else? Oh wow. Well, she was, she was really the first person I, I was able to really talk to, really be honest with, and that. And she, and she yeah. got you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was your grandpa who sold me the ring that I I gave to her. Really? Yeah. Dixon? Dixon. Dixon boy. Yeah, no yep. way. Yep. Wow. Tell you what, Kyle, you you you, you kind of remind me of him. Oh yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> In fact, I, if you want, if you would, I I haven't been to my grandparents gravesite in a while. They're just a little ways. You want to come with me? Sure. I could tell John wanted to get out of there. He was fidgeting and looking toward the cars as if he was ready to bolt. I didn't want the moment to escape us, though, so we meandered slowly towards my grandparents' headstone. This is it right here. This is, uh, Patton Dixon Bullock. My grandparents' headstone is not ostentatious, but it is unique. Sitting low to the ground, etched in red and tan stone, are the names of my grandparents, Dixon and Pat Bullock, with a diamond in between them. Fitting for a jeweler, right? <laughs> the, the, dead, the dead giveaway is the diamond on the <laughs> gravesite. <laughs> it follows us everywhere. John, I, wanna, um, I wanted to say something that... Um, I just didn't like how he left off last time. And um, 
and and I, I I couldn't sleep great after that. I wanted you to know that I I don't I wasn't coming to you or, or talking to you about this because I wanted some kind of a story. I just I I genuinely care about my history and, and the history of Roswell. I mean Yeah. When when people think about Roswell, they think about aliens, they think about UFOs and all that stupid gimmicky stuff and and that's that's it's not it's not all stupid it's not all gimmicky there but it feels that way right to us it feels that way because we've been here for so long it just I don't I don't care about that as much as I care about the story of this town underneath all that there is something really important and and really special about this place than anywhere else I've ever been and my roots are here. And so when I came to you, I wanted to know about that. I wanted to know about the roots. And, and, and we don't have to talk about the war or aliens or any of that hoopla if you don't want to. Yeah. I just came to talk about history. And, and, and that's important to me. And I, I wanted you to know that I'm not a reporter. I'm, I'm just a guy. We stayed a little longer, saying a few words here and there. But it was getting chilly, and I let John go. After John left, I stayed behind for a moment. It had been years since I was at my grandparents' graveside. When people talk about paying their respects to the dead, I wasn't exactly sure what that meant. Was it just somberly looking at the gravestone or picture, growing sad about the loss of someone you love? After talking to John that day, I suddenly knew what it meant. How quickly we forget other people. We become so absorbed in our worries, our lives, our days, that others' tragic and meaningful stories don't register with us anymore. We forget them because we start thinking of ourselves, our lives, our interests. We forget history because it doesn't seem to matter to us today, so what good will it be tomorrow? That is the essence of Roswell. We are a forgotten town filled with forgotten people. That doesn't mean we aren't important, and it doesn't mean those people aren't valuable. We used to be an epicenter of the Southwest. When the base was here, Roswell was a thriving community with a bright future, and had the base stayed, who knows? We might be three times the size we are today with three times the opportunities. But the base left, and our town was forgotten. The UFO crashed, and for decades, Nobody looked our way. When they finally did, they looked right past the people and came for our t-shirts and memorabilia. They came for picture ops with toy aliens and our R2-D2 mailbox downtown. The people, they were forgotten, looked over. And our story, it almost disappeared. Almost. In that moment, this podcast went from being about me and my family to being about the community I love dearly, telling our story the way it was meant to be told all these years. So, I stood by my grandparents' graveside, remembering all that they had done to let me stand where I am today, and I resolved to make this podcast about something bigger than myself. This story wasn't over, and neither was John's. I had unanswered questions, starting with one I was kicking myself for not asking John that day. If my grandfather saw the atomic bomb test, what were the chances that John, with a mother working on the base and a brother in the military, would know about it too? 
And boy, <laughs> did he know something. On the next episode of Crashed in Roswell, I called John to ask him how my grandfather might be linked to the atomic bomb, only to discover that John is missing. And a conversation with friends reveals more about the long-lasting effects of living in a forgotten city. If you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This podcast has been a labor of love and has involved a lot of hands to make this happen. You can support all of the great people who have worked on this by visiting crashedinroswell.com, where you can support us by purchasing exclusive merchandise from our store and by checking out our blog with more details on the history behind the series. Crashed in Roswell is created and produced and narrated by me, Kyle Bullock. The theme song is by Brian Hunley. Additional music by So I'm an Islander. Special thanks to David Langford and Ryan Bishop for their advice and help with this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook to check out exclusive behind-the-scenes content and info for each episode, including images from my family's archives of Roswell back in the day. You can also learn more about me at kylerbullock.com. <laughs>